0: This is the Dance Printing Studio Podcast session number 148. Overcoming imposter syndrome. Five, six, seven, eight. Hello and welcome to session number 148 of the Dance Printing Studio Podcast. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dance Preneering Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, as well as wonderful artists I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I'm thrilled to share a delightful conversation I've had recently with Joey Cooper of Twisted Elegance, Boogies on Utopia, Developing the Next Artist, and faculty member on Jan Fam The Movement as we talk about the art of listening and his approaches and philosophy toward teaching and choreography, which I highly recommend his class or his workshop when they are available, which is not often these days. But when they are, take advantage of them because he is one of the best at explaining thoroughly the intention behind choreography and the approach and making you feel like you can do anything and challenging you even if you feel like you can't do it. So he is awesome at that. So I recommend his classes. And we also talk about how he had to overcome imposter syndrome Within, as he is teaching and spreading the legacy of Janet Jackson's choreography with Jan Fan the Movement. So, I think you'll find this conversation quite interesting and entertaining. So, let's get right to it. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hi, this is Joey Cooper. Artistic Director of Twisted Elegance LA, Faculty Educator on Jan JanFam The Movement, Executive Artistic Director for Boogie Zones Developing Next Artist Program DNA, and you're listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio with Annette Bone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation.
0: So if you follow this podcast or my account on Instagram, yes, I'm putting a plug in for my account on Instagram. If you want to follow me, Annette Bone, I love quotes. I love quotes about dance, about business, about life, productivity, mindset, you name it. I live by quotes most of the time. Anyway, so my guest today, I saw this quote and it totally reminded me of him and I'm so excited to have him and I think you're really going to enjoy him as as I've gotten to know him better. He's such a delight. I love his sense of humor, his wisdom, his experience, um, finding out that we actually have something in common. We both come from a military family, right? Yes. So um, without further ado, let me start with a quote first. This is by Mark Van Doren. And it is, quote, the art of teaching is the art of assisting discovery by Mark Van Doren. And this reminded me of my guest today because he is one of the best teachers that I know he is intentional, he is thorough, he makes you feel like you can do anything. And he's just amazing. He's an amazing performer, choreographer. And I really find his story interesting and everything he's been through and his process, his creative process, his life experiences so without further ado joey cooper from Boogies zone utopia jan fam the movement of joey cooper fixes your life right <laughs> <laughs> yeah right every that's everyone's favorite <laughs> oh my gosh joey i know we've been kind of talking about this for a while to yes. do this and i'm just so excited thank you so much for coming in um What do you want to talk about?
1: We can talk about whatever you like. Thank you for having me. I've been excited about the idea of recording for like the longest time. So thank you for even thinking to invite me to come out and uh, whatever juicy conversation we can get into. It can be an hour. It could be two hours. This might be a lengthy podcast because we might fix a couple of lives in the, you know, In the meantime. Yes.
0: Hashtag Joey Cooper Cooper fixes fixes your your life. I love that. Oh, my gosh. His timing is impeccable on some of the things he says.
1: First of all, that started off as a joke because every people always say, like, I I have really good advice. Mm -hmm. And so one day I was on my Instagram after having a conversation with one of my friends. And I just put that on there at random just to be funny. And then the more I started putting things up, people were like, yes, Joey Cooper fixes your life. Blah, 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 blah. So then it just kind of stuck. So it's like, it's, I would call a little bit of a tongue in cheek joke. Like my life is a complete mess. It's all over the place. I have, I'm not perfect. However, um, people seem to feel uh, drawn to me for advice. I think just part of my my thought process is just very um, I want to say intentional was a good word for what you said. I believe for me when I'm listening to other people's situations and things I try to listen for the gold inside of what they're saying. And I don't mean like, ooh, the juicy part. I mean like whatever they're really trying to get to, the meat of it, I'm listening for that along with everything else. And then I just try to unravel it, help people distinguish a couple of things and give the best advice I can. And like nine out of 10 times, it's like the best advice ever. And it always works. So that's how the hashtag Joey Cooper fixes your life (laughs) just stuck after that. So...
0: So you're talking about the importance of listening, how you intentionally listen. Is that a skill that you picked up as you got older? Were you always that type of person that was a good listener? Because it is a skill that most people do not have. Was I always a good listener? Um, Okay, well, you just made me think
1: about something and, and, and recall something. When I was younger, I had to learn how to read. I was put in a specialized reading class when i was in oh gosh i think the 3rd grade and it was because i i had trouble comprehending not how to read but what it was i was saying as i read so i got put in this reading class it was like me and maybe i think four other students and the teacher would explain to us you know the different ways about reading and sounding things out so i just became fixated on how I would hear things. I think that's where it started, to be honest. And then after that, um, I did my studies with Landmark. That was a really huge series of breakthroughs. I did their first course, their second course, and then their last one called SELP. And in, in, and within that, they teach you the different methods of distinguishing what you hear and then appropriately how to listen. Or I guess they guide you on how it's ideal to listen because in truth, no one's ever really listening. We're waiting to respond. Correct. And that's different. Um, in the way that I listen to things that people say, it's so I am I can give an, uh, a response that makes sense or that has enough uh, substance to it. So whatever they just said, um, it kind of all gets tied together. So that's kind of what helps me in terms of my way of listening. It's just being prepared to take in without judging. And I think that's my favorite thing.
0: Ooh, that is a tweetable for sure. I've got to make sure I, we reference that in the show notes. That was really good. So with this skill that you've had to develop out of necessity mm-hmm. since you were young, how has that helped you with your teaching? Because you, like I said, you're an amazing teacher and you break down things so well that it's so easy to digest, even if the choreography is difficult. I mean, I've experienced it firsthand going through Jan Pham, the movement. So how do you get that all to work together, and how's that skill helped you become the teacher that you are and the choreographer that you are?
1: Well, I've mentored people for a very long time. That's been one of my largest endeavors, I guess, is helping other people find the things that they are passionate about. I've literally been in bed doing that. I mean, just the the ability to look at someone and say, okay, these are the kinds of things to help them focus or refine their focus on. So when it comes to, to teaching and listening and all that stuff, um, I always put myself in their shoes first. And I, I think what kind of things would help me learn? That's the first thing I do. And then I, I go backward and I say to myself, I know that the majority of any students coming to class, there's about three different kinds of learning styles in class. And if you're going to be a good teacher... Um, the best thing is be prepared to deal with all of those learning styles to best facilitate a positive lesson. So I determine, okay, does someone in here need counts? Because there are some dancers that are a little bit more technical. and They need the one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight. There are going to be some dancers in class who, to help them get the material, they're more about the musicality. Boom, ba ba ka ba ba ga And then there'll be others who might be a little bit of a mixture of syncopation and counts. And you can give them a little bit of both. One and a two and a four and a six and a bop, 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 blah bop. You know, whatever. And And at some point for someone in class, a light bulb was just going to go off. So if I continually tell myself, if I was in this class, what would help me pick it up and make me feel good about what I'm learning and help me walk away with something, I approach those things from that space first. And then thereafter, just being aware of what's digestible. I'm not a choreographer or a teacher that just throws like a bazillion counts at you and not thinking about whether or not you're getting it because I know how frustrating that can be. Um And then I also do want to challenge my students. I'm not a coddler, which is great. Um, in my own opinion, I'm not, a, I don't, I don't, but no, no, I mean, in a really positive way. Yes. I don't, I don't coddle dancers. I don't mean that to be negative and not that there's a whole slew of teachers out there that are coddling, but what I mean by that is, If you're coming to me to learn something, then I have a great responsibility to you as my student because you've entrusted some part of your enrichment or some part of your development to me. And I take that task extremely seriously. So when you come to my class, you're going to work. Or if you come to a rehearsal with me, you're going to work. But you're going to leave understanding how capable you are. And I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is to help people see their they're capable of so many things, not just what they know they are. I like to crack that shell open a little bit more and be like, oh, look, you could do that too. See, it was in there the whole entire time. You just need the right push or the right encouragement. I, I love that, encouraging people.
0: Yeah, and you're great at it. And um, do you, who would you say has encouraged you most in your life, in dance, in business, in life, in just everything? What? Who are your Who's, biggest influences? My biggest influences... My eldest brother, Byron,
1: uh, he's a huge influence on me just in the way that he thinks and approaches things. Uh, my brother, who's a year older, his name is Jason. Uh, he's a huge influence on kind of the way he approaches what I call family tactics. He's very family oriented. My other brother is very logical. Um, my mother as well. Uh because deep, 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 deep down, my mom is a, a a sentimental type. She cares about the the feeling and how people feel. And so I know that she always takes great regard in in being aware of how others feel. So I picked that up too on a family end. When I think about my friends who have influenced me the most, um there's a handful of names. Uh there's a guy named Greg Baja. He was a dancer of mine. Uh, when I was living in Washington state for a dance company I had at the time called the heat. He's a huge influence of mine. And we kind of came into um, when dance went through I, what I like to call it's pop Renaissance. We kind of came into it together and he was just learning how to go at things as a dancer. And I was kind of coming into my own as a choreographer and we kind of developed in the same incubator space and, I learned so much from him just how to be an appropriate teacher. But then years later, the the whole thing became very cyclical because I learned how, how much you can be a great person by the, the people that you've impacted. And, and he's an incredible man. I, I love him to death. There's him – uh, my friend Jarrett Hughes, he's one of my major influences. He's a mentor, like of the umpteenth degree, um, because he started Twisted Elegance, which is the company that I um, run here in Los Angeles. So he's a really big one. And when I tell you, he messed up my whole life and blew my whole mind away. Boom! I'm not joking. It was just he turned everything upside down in the most incredible way. Uh, him, um, and then even my immediate friends that are Boogie Zone related. Um, K Nicole, um, Higgins, um, Elm Pizarro, my, my, my boss clearly, and then I even have other students. Um, Renee Harris, who who you've been in, in practice with, she's another one. Um, I draw a lot from just people, and then on my professional end, now that's a really that's a really good laundry list. Um, professionally, Janet Jackson is my biggest influence. In ninety percent of all things I ever do, and that's—it's strange to say that, but I've—I've I've watched her as a business person, as a creative, and as someone who is a, a philanthropist. So I try to approach a lot of my mindsets. Kind of from what I've seen her do and, and I've learned a lot and I could, that's its own podcast. So Janet is a massive one. That's someone I aspire to work with. Um, and then a handful of her different choreographers through time. Um, Anthony Thomas, Tina Landon, who's absolutely incredible. I love her. Um, the current creative director right now. His name is Gil Del Delau Jr. Uh, he's another big influence on, on me for detail and even some of my own. Uh, counterparts or colleagues of, you know, this current space of dancing, creative activity, all that stuff. Jessica Wolf, Brandy Taylor, Erica Lopez, uh, Tina De La Cruz, Andrew Irwin, Brendan Jackson. A lot of the dancers I work with very intimately, um, they are big influences because they change how I
0: do things. So
1: that's kind of like the small, concise in there.
0: I love that. I love how you went into how each of these people have influenced you and and what impact that they have in the different areas of your life. So what is it that disappoints you about the dance industry right now? You know, what's funny? I, I'm not disappointed at all. This is, mm. this is,
1: I have a, I have a very different mindset than most people. And I've learned that part of having disappointments is having a particular series of expectations that may not be very realistic. And I've learned to navigate what I call unrealistic expectations. I think the dance community as of right now has a series of what I would call um open opportunities, um, areas of opportunity. That's probably the greater definition, meaning there are places where there could be some kind of Improvement or space that could be made open to others that would create more value within what's being done. So that's why I'm not disappointed. I think there's just spaces where people need to learn a little bit more or listen a little bit more. If that, if that helps, but I'm not disappointed at all. I I, like, (laughs) it's so funny because there, I mean, everybody has different choices about music and choreography and presentation and why it's important for them to put things out so if you want my own take i would say like as an example the majority of music on the radio i don't listen to i don't watch tv it's very sparingly do i do that i read a lot so i'm kind of removed from the pop landscape to a certain degree. Same here. And and I'll hear music for the first time, and it'll be like maybe two years old, but it'll be like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) But But I I say that because a lot of the music that impacted me or changed me, it had so many profound messages, it just stays in my regular rotation, but Mm -hmm. it also helps me maintain a certain positive space of open-mindedness to even what's out there now. So when I see what choreographers are putting out now... You know, concept videos or I see what people choose to teach to and what instructors decide is, is their lesson for their students. I, I just sit back and I ask myself, why, why is this the choice? Why is this the piece you're putting out there? Why is this the concept video? Because everybody has, um, a desire or a point B they're trying to get through. Get to, I'm sorry. And so more than likely what they're putting out there is supposed to lend to that. That's why, again, I'm not disappointed because everybody has their own objective. And I believe since there's an infinite amount of space to everyone to exist, um, fairly with the land that they create and that they're curating and nurturing, then, you know, so be it. Have, have something. If you want something that I would call a little bit more on the surface end, it's a little bit more party and fun. Great, have that. We need escapism. There's nothing wrong with that. If you have something that's a little bit more deep, it's a little bit more grounded, or it's a little bit more engaging to make other people explore themselves or their own dynamic within their circle of friends or people, whatever you have it, then absolutely put that out there. We need that. We need something that's thought-provoking. And if you even go much farther past that and you put something out there that is is so deep and all-encompassing of... of You know, the human condition, uh, the ability to learn and be vulnerable and then be empowered and whatever that piece is. And you put that out. Great. Do that. Because someone out there needs one of those several things to get them through the next space that they need to step into.
0: Very well said. Joey Cooper fixes your life and Joey f- <laughs> Cooper fixes your dance training. <laughs> so we have to have some new new hashtags okay. created for that. Okay, I think that we're going to have to do this in like two-part interview. Don't you think? I'm I mean- <laughs> fine with that. I just, I, I, so much goodness, you know, there's so much we can talk about. What um, kind of criticism, if any, have you run into with the fact that you are – an expert and proficient at Janet Jackson's choreography.
1: You know, what's funny.
0: <laughs> I have not run into any,
1: and I think there's a reason for that, but um, I internally have had my own criticism. I can tell you that oh. Th- that's that. And this will be a little bit different. Everybody has a different voice that they have on the inside. So, with all the Janet choreography that I've learned through time from the different dances or choreographers themselves, um, let me backtrack a little bit. So, just so everyone is very, very clear about the Joey Cooper love for Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson's work literally saved my life. I was a kid who grew up under really awful, terrible domestic violence. And what protected me from that and what kept me safe and what helped me escape that. Was her music and her choreography. So anything I could learn that could propel me into another space that made me feel safe, I was always hungry for that. And what's funny is Janet to me became someone who would never hurt me, would never put me in a dangerous position. Like she was someone who I could always rely on to feel safe. So then, on top of how the music and the choreography made me feel, I felt through time i developed this obligation almost as a an uh an, an, an unconscious thank you that i needed to support her and her work and what she did because of what it did for me now coming forward to what i'm about to say so on the inside i carried a lot of Negative criticism about the fact that I was doing it. And nobody knew, nobody knew that. Like, I, I always enjoyed putting together like the miniature performances or the reenactments of the pieces. And I was always very proud of them. But I carried this, this really deep guilt about who are you to be doing this work? Like, you know, you're not the choreographer, you're not one of the dancers. And how, who gives you the right or what gives you the right to even share it with other people? And I remember it made me feel so fraudulent. I'm teaching classes with the material. And I I had a class called the Jackson Power Hour where I taught the different combinations that Michael and Janet have done from all the way from 1975 until the current aspect or year. And it was more than just the dancing in the class. We talked about the philosophies and the meanings of the steps and the choreographers. And my goal in the classes was to educate people on... The choreographers, the piece, the music, and the time that it came from, and why it was important that it was being taught to them. So I, I wasn't doing it to be like, oh, this is mine. But on the inside, I felt so guilty that I was even sharing it because I just never felt the right that I, I, I could do so. Fast forward to getting involved with Jan Fam, which was one of the most amazing and unforeseen. Like I, I couldn't have called that happening to me a mile away, and I'm not, I'm not. Kidding, I'm not lying. It's just I never would have seen it coming. But they made me a faculty member because they recognized the amount of material I knew or the catalog I knew was so vast. And then it wasn't even just that that made it like, oh, we should make him a a faculty member. It was like I would be in classes with the choreographers and they would pull me up to teach their class with them. Like it happened with me with, with Terry Bixler. Like we've, we'd we only met twice and literally in the middle of him starting the top of his class, he goes, you know what, Joey Cooper, you're going to come out here. You're going to teach with me. He knows all of this. So he's gonna he's like, go grab a chair, blah, blah. And, and literally my, my whole mind went boom. And so and, and, and it kind of started like that in them aiding Marty Kadelka and teaching his own material. And it, it's just kind of funny. I mean, I, And I've chained with all these guys at different points in time in different classes, but for them to recognize me in that way. That's what spun it around. So, when one day after one of the tributes was being done, I had for the first time articulated that that's how I felt. And Terry Bixler says to me, he goes, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty and you shouldn't feel bad because you're doing something for all of us that perpetuates our legacy and what we've done with so much respect. And you're keeping us alive to other people that we probably had no means to get to them. So you shouldn't feel bad. And and we for sure the hell wouldn't want you to feel bad either. And then, and then, and that was the first time I was able to kind of let that inner criticism go. So I I felt a lot more empowered ever since that time. But man, leading up to that, it was not pretty on the inside, but I've never encountered anything negative um, in terms of me doing it. You know, just a lot of people respected that I did it so well. I think that's probably the thing that was great about it.
0: Yes, there's, you know, what I love too, is that not only are you excellent at teaching anything, this- your own choreography, etc. But you're giving honor, not only to the dance form, but like what Terry said, you're giving honor to the history. This is really important history that a lot of dancers don't really understand or give credit to. And so I love the fact that you are helping to proliferate the legacy and in your own unique way, even though it is, you know, which I think is so awesome. So what has been something or what is something that people misunderstand about you? Everybody thinks I'm so angry all the time
1: because I don't smile. And, 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 you know, it's really, really funny. I had there's 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 two reasons why I'm that way. Number one, which is my favorite joke. I don't waste smiling on just anything. I don't waste Mm. smiling on anything other than laughing if I don't have to. So if you think I'm angry, I'm not angry. I'm just I, I just don't. My other thing is like, okay. on top of that and connected to the, my first reason it's like i mean if you look at my face i have no premature laugh lines no wrinkles it's like <laughs> cocoa butter all day i look fantastic so so there there's that that's probably the one misconception is that i'm i'm upset because i don't smile um and then the other strange misconception about me is people find me to be really intimidating um because i'm so articulate i i don't and i don't even know how to go about making people feel better Um, and, and I, and there's even a reason for why I'm so articulate. However, just in this particular instance, those are probably my two biggest misconceptions. I'm unhappy and angry all the time. (laughs) And then I'm scary because I know how to talk. I don't take your pick.
0: Oh my gosh. So we are going to continue this conversation with Junior from Jan Fam the movement. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. But we're (laughs) going to end this here just for now with the three questions that I always ask my guests. Okay. And I call it the dance printer and quick steps. So the first thing is, dance style you haven't tried but would like to and why?
1: Dance style I haven't tried but would like to. Aerial, silk aerial tissue. I think would you're love the to.
0: first person that has said that. I definitely want to try that, too.
1: I would love to. Yeah. I can just see myself dying. But <laughs> it's, it's, it looks I'd probably look amazing, you know, just as a corpse, just falling down that beautiful <laughs> silk tissue. Oh, my God. He's so, he's, he's so graceful all the way down with his neck that just broke. It looks great.
0: Oh, my gosh,
1: Joey. Awful. Okay. Second
0: question. Mm-hmm. This is going to be... I know you're not going to be able to pick one based on what we've already talked about. Favorite dancer or choreographer and why... My
1: favorite dancer and favorite choreographer and why? <sighs> well, I only have one of each. Mm. Okay? Because they're not the same person. My favorite dancer of all time is a woman. And I th- I think she's... And she's also the one of the people that got me on the path that I'm on. Her name is Kelly Kono.
0: Mm.
1: She is literally the ultimate business of dancers, man, when you give that girl some, some steps, sweet Jesus. (laughs) She makes it look so effortless and so easy. And I've loved her as a dancer since she was working with Janet back in 93, all the way up until where she is now. And she's an accomplished, you know, she's an actress now and she's a choreographer and all that stuff. And they have the triple threat dance convention up in Canada, but she's dope. Love Kelly Kona. My, um, I would have to say my my favorite choreographer of of all time is is Tina Landon. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I did have to think about that for a second, because there's a handful of different things about the choreographers that have impacted me. but I, I realized this just the other day. I realized the one choreographer that taught me the most about the intentional aspect of the work you create indirectly was her. From the work that she's made. And because it stood the test of time for so long. And she's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's one of the most humble people you would ever meet. She's a, a exceedingly kind. Um And I love her for that. I love her for that. And she's great. I mean, the woman's a genius. I mean, huge. her work is dope. That's all. That's all.
0: Yes. I, I have to concur on that. The last question mm-hmm. is the dance style that currently describes your day and why? The dance
1: style that currently just dis- taps. Would describe my day. Why is because tap is so specific and it takes a certain amount of control. It takes, um, a certain amount of poise. Um, and even in the execution, when done, you know, with the right to and guidance and whatnot, it can be just so engaging and so enthralling. And I think that would describe me and my day. Tap, tap, shuffle ball chain, shuffle ball heel.
0: Okay, so you got? Are you going to incorporate that in your next piece? No, no. I, I, you know what? I'm such a perfectionist, even
1: when it comes to learning. So, I, I've had some friends teach me how to tap. I have tap sneakers in my in my closet as we speak, and I only break them out when I want to punish myself. So, yeah, I love it though. Gregory Hines was a, was a part of my family.
0: Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh wow! Surprise! Oh, surprise! Yeah, you just never know, right? No, and this conversation must. Continue. So if you want to find out more about Joey, which I'm sure you will after hearing this conversation, and then I'm going to have him back on again with Junior, then you can go to the show notes. I'll link all of his information, his social profiles, you can check out some of his videos. Joey, this has been awesome. And I know this is just the tip of the iceberg on all the stuff that you have going on. But thank you so much for sharing just a little bit that you've shared has been tremendous, so thank you so much. Oh,
1: well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, and I, uh, I hope anybody listening, whatever you are able to draw out of what you heard and get. I listen to these podcasts, too, and I, I love hearing how people share so candidly, and I think that's probably my biggest thing is I like to be as much of myself everywhere I go in a candid fashion because nobody's perfect. Everybody's working on themselves. And I think the more accepting I can be of other people, like in an open sense, it allows people to be themselves more readily. And I, and I want to offer that to as many people as I can. So I'm hoping anybody listening to this, you can, you know, take something from what you, from what you heard today.
0: Boom. Joey Cooper fixes your life. We're out. love to have you join me in my private Facebook group, the Dancepreneuring Collective, where we continue the conversation, podcast related, business related, dance related, life related, mindset related, productively related, everything related. <laughs> I would really love to get to know you better. And you can send me a direct message and I would be happy to add you. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review or for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and or Google Play, pick one, anyone. (laughs) And um, that way I can continue approving the podcast as well as get your name out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to talking with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettbone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at anetbone.com. This podcast copyright by annettbone.com
1: and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.